Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcast. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple goalies who've taken one too many pucks to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So how goes life, Steve? Um, it is NHL trade season, um, <laughs> so life is... It's interesting. You know, yesterday um, I talked, I had to call my buddy who's a Leafs fan back in Sault Ste. Marie. Level-headed Leafs fan, just so you know, like there are some of us level-headed Habs fans too, um, just to talk about the moves his team's making. And I just went, like, my goodness, of all the times that the Leafs are painted in a corner, you know, where they have to go all in this year, uh, the East is just unbelievable <laughs> like, I, I really yeah. don't think anybody's going to beat the boston bruins for example then tampa loads back up and then leaves make a counter punch but i don't think that counter punch is going to be enough like, this is crazy the east is unbelievable this year so which uh, you know i think we talked about this last podcast like eight or ten years ago the west was so stacked that the east couldn't keep up so yeah this is this is fascinating i'm really looking forward to this year's playoffs yeah, it's going to be interesting, and uh, I know you listeners just just heard the episode a couple days ago. We dropped it on Tuesday. Of course, we're recording both these episodes on Tuesday, but you guys just listened to our conversation uh, regarding the NHL, and um, I'm sure more has hopefully dropped since then, uh, as we're going to be very excited to see what happens. And there will be a follow-up episode even after this podcast, so be ready for that. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Saturday or Sunday, listeners, so um it's a lot. There's so much hockey, man. Between what's happening in the NHL, uh, you got the NCAA uh, Frozen Four for both the women's and the men's coming up this month, and uh, yeah. And then what we're talking about this episode is the USPHL uh, West and how that looks. We're going to be talking a little bit about how our fantasy league dropped um, the current playoff outlook as it's finally firm, and uh, then we talk about our uh, top ten positional players of the month steve so jumping right into the fantasy league the uh noco locos uh the team that was built by none other than brendan price the play-by-play announcer for the northern colorado eagles he won handsomely actually he he got a little bit of a run there from the chihuahua right at the end Uh, i think he finished about 29.6 points ahead and all of us were within 300 points of each other so uh my scoring system appeared to work for this test year uh for six teams and um i'll probably make some tweaks if we if we end up doing this next year which i'm hoping to but i tell you steve it's a lot of work but you finished third how do you feel about that because uh you struggled a little bit in the beginning yeah well actually i think if you remember starting off i did the first couple weeks i did well but that's only because my teams played more games (laughs) (laughs) Everybody yeah. <laughs> else's. So I was uh, a little overly yeah. confident until you pointed that out. And I'm like, ah, yeah, that could come back and bite me. Um, but then, um, yeah, I was teetering between, I think at one point I had second a little bit and then fell off anywhere between fourth and fifth. I never think I was dead last, right? I don't I, I, I think don't. you may have been at one point. I've been teetering between third and fifth all year. I was never dead last, but I missed out on second place by 0.2 points one week. 
And I thought, okay, I'll take it next week. And I never saw it again. I never got close to a, that was as close as I got. The second was 0.2 points. Uh, I was looking at you, looking at you, Antonio, three more saves. And I would have been at least second. Uh, (laughs) Three more saves of the the 5,000 you took this season. Come on, buddy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so no, it was fun because, you know, it was great watching the gap between first and everybody else close a bit because when, when yeah. it was just an absolute blowout, you know, it, it you know, it's just it is. We all lost is. a little bit of interest when uh, when Brendan ran away with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's almost like we ignored Brendan and just started looking as number two as the number yeah. one for the rest of us. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that's what you kept you kept in it. Uh, but it was good to watch that 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 happen. And now the, the good news out of all this is the players that were on our teams got more exposure. We got more familiar with them. So now we know some of these players going into next year's draft to, you know, look ahead and try to pick, you know, so Absolutely. that's, that's, that's fun. So we're going to re we take a look at everybody's lists. Like I'm going to get you to forward that info over to me. And then that way next year, we've already got people ranked. And then we can also look for our dark horses of the young players coming up that could, you know, go ahead and, you know, make a difference. So, cause that's what I kind of did too. When I was looking at the teams, um, I was looking at some of the, the players newly added a forward. I was looking at their production, you know, in another league, right. And just saying, Hey, you know, if they get slotted in here and they get some good ice time, are they going to produce and get me some goals? So there's a few of them I took some chances on. So yeah, um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So uh, amateur GM. Well, yeah. on some good young talent. Yeah, it, it was fun. And I think Brendan Price and I are going to have an episode here, hopefully in the next month or two, uh, it's, it's like I said, there's a lot of hockey going on. We have a lot of episodes dropping. It's that time of year where, you know, two times a week episodes start happening. Yeah, we're going to do kind of a, I guess, a fantasy build of like the O2. So the, the, the players that are aging out and then follow that up with the others. Uh, so everyone but the O2s. So basically at that point, like the O7s to the O3s and build our fantasy rosters. And there's going to be rules to that where you know you can't have more than one player per team but we'll get into that all uh, another episode and so and it, that's what you said i mean i think you nailed it it's it's more exposure to the players um we've gotten more exposure out of it we've gotten a, a ton of people um all over the world reaching out um so that's been really fun and but uh again getting the players the exposure giving them the opportunity to move up is the reason we have the fantasy league is is as much as we talk about it, um, you know, it's it's really more for them. And uh, it's just it's fun to watch. And, yeah, we we do get to learn more about players. We may have not otherwise um, paid as much attention to uh, if they if they weren't like winning awards or near the top of the uh, the scoring for the league or the top of the state percentages for the league. So, uh, you know, I mean, that that's probably a great segue into the next part of this. And we're going to be talking about the playoff outlook because, as my article on the Hockey Focus mentioned, it was clear as mud when I opened up everything on Monday morning and Rogue Valley and Bellingham weren't secure yet in the Northwest. Uh, there was still a period. I know it sounds weird, but there's still a period to play on Monday morning. One period uh, from a Saturday game that lost, I guess, the rink lost power after the second period. And they played the next game the next day between Pueblo and Vernal. And I think the reason they decided to really go ahead and play the third period is it did mean something, uh, not necessarily so much for Verno as it did for Pueblo, because if Pueblo was able to secure that period, 
they could move up to third in the Mountain Division. And if they lost, they would stay down in fourth. So it was an important period to play, and they ended up winning it. They ended up beating Vernal 3-2. to two. So they are officially the third seed. So I had to rewrite my article. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't happy about that on Monday night. But I didn't have to switch anything with Rogue Valley except for get rid of my I thinks and such. But uh, but yeah. So but let's uh let's look at the kind of how it's going to look here in the Northwest. And Steve, I, I know you probably have the article open in front of you, but uh, it's going to be a quick synopsis. I'm not going to read the article for everybody. Uh, they can again check it out on the Hockey Focus and. The Northwest is going to be the Vernal Oilers, number one, hosting number four, the Rogue Valley Royals, and the number two, Seattle Totems, hosting the number three, Rock Springs Prospectors. That action starts this weekend, so if you're in Vernal, if you're in Seattle, get out there, support your teams, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Nice, nice. And what's your prediction on that, my friend? I think that Vernal and Seattle will take those uh, series. I think they'll both be two games. Uh, Vernal's built like a championship contender, and uh, they've proven it all year. And uh, Rogue Valley is going to have to go down to Vernal and enter an emotionally charged arena and try to take down one of the best teams in the nation. Uh, again, anything's possible. If it was a dead set giveaway that Vernal was going to walk away with it, they wouldn't have to play. They would just give it to Vernal. So Rogue Valley can't come away with this series. Um, but uh, I, I think it's going to be Vernal in two. And same thing with Seattle and Rock Springs. Rock Springs has, has struggled as of late. And uh, Seattle's <laughs> just clicking on all cylinders. So, uh, again, any any given Sunday, any team can come out. That's why they have to play. Uh, because God knows, I'm like 60-40 with predictions. <laughs> Which, thankfully, at the 60% is I'm right. Because uh, if it was 46, it'd be rough. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think it's going to be Vernal and Seattle. All right. And so how's things looking in the Mountain Division? Uh, the Mountain Division, it's going to be the now number three Pueblo Bulls hosting the number six Provo Predators and the number four Northern Colorado Eagles hosting number five Idaho Falls Spud Kings. Uh, in this case, I think it's going to be a rough month for Colorado. Um, I think the fifth and sixth seed are going to advance. I think Provo is going to take out Pueblo and Idaho Falls is going to take out Northern Colorado. Um Provo and Pueblo are pretty evenly matched teams. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Pueblo struggled as of late, but Pueblo also just had a sweep against one of the best teams in the nation after a 12 game losing streak. That's the way to, that's the way to enter the playoffs. You know, they didn't want to enter the playoffs on a 15 game losing streak or oof, that would have been bad, but they ended up sweeping the, again, one of the best teams in the nation in the Vernal Oilers this weekend, uh, three games. They won them all. They got themselves back up to third place and uh, not something Provo wanted to see, but I think Provo, I think Provo's going to come away at the series. It's going to be a three-game series, but I got to pick a team. And considering the consistency of both teams in the month of February, I'm going to stick with Provo. Uh, but I would not be surprised if Pueblo came away with it either. And then when it comes to Idaho Falls in Northern Colorado, Idaho Falls has Northern Colorado's number right now. Uh, they just took them down in a two-game series uh, this weekend. Idaho Falls is a well-built team right now uh, compared to what they were in the beginning of the year. They've gotten quite deep in net, whereas Northern Colorado, uh, they've gotten better as the year has gone along. They, they're the typical Northern Colorado Eagles, but they have one goalie, Steve. Just Evan Stringer. Yeah, right? I, 
they I don't know I don't know what's happening in northern Colorado. I'm just gonna say that. Um I was kind of stunned that when the before the the cutoff of 12 Feb uh, happened that they didn't at least acquire a third goalie because I knew Charles Anthony Barbeau had moved on to Sonny Fredonia. And I'm like, well, one of your goalies gets hurt you down to one goalie. And then I was watching the game this past weekend where they mentioned or not this weekend, but the weekend before where they said, oh, this is Oliver Grussell's last game. He's moving on to the Royal Canadian Air Force. So this is his last junior game. And I'm like. So there's Evan Stringer, the the 2005. That's the only goalie you have. He's an amazing goalie, but I mean, me and you are goalies. We understand the pressure that's on a goalie, and if there's no backup, he he can't afford to get injured, and he can't afford to have a bad game, or his teams. I don't I don't know what happens if Evan Stringer gets hurt. No, you're, um, you're correct. You're correct. They have to. Dress. That doesn't make sense I, I, to me. I don't know the rules about signing, you know, an emergency backup. As far as there's got to be some goes, there there has to yeah. be because you just figure like I, you know freak injuries happen when you're a goalie. It's so easy yep. to strain a knee, uh, pull a groin. You know those are your two biggest areas, right? Or yeah. you know with today's uh, play, <laughs> take a hard shot off the wrong side of the mask and you got a bit of a concussion going, right? So yeah, that's yeah, a bit bit odd, bit odd, but um, yeah, I think that's a lot of pressure on on a first year junior goalie. <laughs> Again, I don't know what the rules are with the USPHL in a situation like this. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to me that Northern Colorado would paint themselves into a corner like this. But uh, there's got there's got to be a way out in the event that something you know happens with Evan Stringer and like, he falls ill or he gets injured. That the Eagles just aren't out of it. That would be just a horrific way to end their season because they've been a good team and they've been fun to watch all year. So. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. So let's talk about the Pacific Division now. Yeah, the Pacific Division. So it's going to be number one, Fresno, uh, hosting number four, San Diego, and number two, Las Vegas, hosting number three, Ontario. I think in this series, I know I've changed it every week, but again, I think I've changed every prediction every week because, shoot, dude, these teams are so fun to watch, but I don't know which team I'm going to get week to week. Uh, right now I'm sticking with Fresno defeating San Diego in three games. Um, and Ontario defeating number two Las Vegas in three games. Fresno is just, again, they've added a lot of great pieces, but then again, so is San Diego. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I'm not shocked by any outcome here. Literally, I, nothing in this scenario would shock me at all. Um, oh, and I want to backtrack. I'm sorry about the for those listeners that are wondering what happened to Utah and Ogden in the mountain. Uh, they're number one and number two, so they get a bye this week, uh, and they'll host the, the winners of um, uh, the results of those other four teams. But back in here to the Pacific Division, uh, I I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked by anything um, I see here. But I have to pick uh, because I make rules for myself and I stand by them so I can sound smart or stupid uh, as they unfold. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think Fresno's going to take out San Diego now and uh, Ontario's going to take out Las Vegas. But I can't say for definitive anything, really, what's going to happen here. It's going to be the team that shows up each period. In both games. I know I said it in my article about Ontario, Las Vegas. It's the team that wins the period that's going to end up winning the series. And I think that's what's going to be. And I, I have to say it's almost the same for Fresno and San Diego. I think Fresno's got that little bit of edge because they had the last week off. 
uh, which couldn't be any better for them as a scheduling thing. So if, if I'm scheduling my my future junior hockey team in such a way, I'm making sure that they had the week off leading into the playoffs. Um, I think that might be what gives Fresno the edge uh, as well as just their depth and goaltending because we're big fans of not only uh, Ethan Jordan, but uh, of uh, Heath Goldsmith and Fabian Pizzera. Uh, we, we've talked to them both this year and we'd love to see them move on. But, uh, you know, there, there's guys we really love as well in San Diego. Uh, we got Mike Akutishvili. Uh He's now in San Diego as well as uh, Nate Compton. We'll hope to have him on here very soon. Uh, he's also also as well in San Diego. So it's going to be a blast, man. I'm, I'm really excited for it. And I think that leads us into talking about what happened in the month of February and talking about uh, the players, the players positionally that stood out in the mountain division, the Northwest division and the Pacific division this past month. And uh, talk about those top 10 positional players. All right. So let's kick it off with the honorable mentions, Chris. Yeah, so the honorable mentions, uh, let's start right off with the defenders. Honorable mention, we're going to be talking about Logan Okonski, the 03 out of uh, Burnsville, New Jersey. He's with the Long Beach Shredders. Again, he's a solid D-man. I believe he's, I, he had an injury. Uh, I think they kept him out like late November, almost into January. I think actually into January. But he's had a healthy February, and I tell you what, this team needs a healthy Okonski. So he definitely, uh, he definitely stood out on the ice. Okay, very cool. So now let's talk about numbers 10 through 6. Yeah, so 10 through 6. So at number 10, we're talking about Griffin Gagnon uh, with the Idaho Falls Spud Kings. He's an 06 out in the P in Ontario. Uh, he's a stay-at-home defender. He likes to take away the threat uh, using his body. Um, he's had, I think they played seven. He's played seven games this uh, this month and had a couple points. Yeah, he's a solid defenseman. And then when we talk about Lucas Jones at number nine, he's with the Bellingham Blazers. He's an 04 out of Bellingham, so he's a local kid. Uh, he's gotten better as the season's gone along. Played five games this month. Didn't really get any points that I'm aware of. So if Lucas, you did, sorry. But, you know, that's not his role. He's a defenseman, and uh, he's he does his job, and he does it well. Um, so number nine is Lucas Jones. At number eight, it's going to be Zach Stagnus, the 03 out of Strathmore, Alberta. He's with the Ontario Junior Reign. He's an offensive defenseman who plays a really, really good two-way game. In 12 games this month, he's put up 14 points, including, I think, five goals. At number seven, it's going to be Cole Bisson. He's with the Verna Oilers. He's an 03 American Israeli out of Colchester, Vermont. He's been an excellent addition to the blue line for the Oilers. With 11 games played, he's put up 13 points this month, and I think that's four goals. Um, he's generally about a half a point player per game, but in February, he really just just really launched out. I mean, really great month in February. And number six then also is Nick Bonaldi. He's with the Las Vegas T-Birds. He's an 03 out of Las Vegas. He's patient. He's a good stick handler. In eight games played, he's put up 10 points, including three goals. I don't know what else you can say about Nick Bonaldi. He's been on this list before. And uh, if the season kept going, he'd probably be on it again. Very cool. So who's coming in on number five? At number five, it's going to be Matthew Kowepke. So he's with the Utah Outliers. He's an 02 out of Vernal Hills, Illinois. I tell you, he's just a playmaker and a point producer. He keeps his head up, and that's so important. It keeps his head moving. And I, not so much head up and, like, looking out to who's going to hit him. He's looking. He's looking to develop the play. He's fluid with the puck. In 10 games this year, or not this year, in 10 games this month, he's put up nine points and three goals. Just a super skilled player. I'm going to be very disappointed not to see him next year as he ages out. 
Okay, and who do we have coming in at number four? At number four, it's going to be Braden Neundorfer with the uh, lost, not lost, I guess, with the Lake Tahoe Lakers. He's an 0-3 out of Villanova, Pennsylvania. There is no give up in his game. A solid stay-at-home defenseman with excellent back check. I don't know how many times he prevents, like, he's not a goalie, but he's prevented enough goals this month that uh, he should basically put on the pads himself. If, if he played goalie before, I wouldn't be surprised. But, uh, yeah, he really, really stood out for the, the Lake Tahoe Lakers this month. All right. And who's next on the list? Uh, it's going to be number three, Teddy Hember off the Ogden Mustangs. He's an 0-3 out of Stockholm, Sweden. Again, another offensive defender with silky mitts and a high hockey IQ. In February, he's had three goals and 11 points in the 10 games he played. But it's just fun watching him play. He just he just steps it up to another level. And uh, it's, it's just really, really, really fun to watch Teddy Hember and to have him on my fantasy team. All right. And who do you have coming in at number two? At number two, it's going to be off the Fresno Monsters, Kelly Coldwater. He's an 0-4 out of St. Louis, Missouri. He's got great hands. He can quarterback a power play, put the puck in the net. I'm a, I tell you, like in 11 games played, he's put up 14 points, including four goals. He's just, again, another defender that's really, really fun to watch. Awesome. And who's our number one? At number one, the defender of the month for February is going to be off the Northern Colorado Eagles. You've heard his name before. You're probably getting sick of it. It's Xavier Fortin. He's an 0-2 out of Quebec. And uh, I tell you, <laughs> he does what you need him to do. He has high hockey IQ. He's a game changer. And I can't emphasize that enough for college programs looking to recruit a literal smart hockey defenseman literally is a game changer uh again he's not a massive point producer but he's a steady point producer i think this month in 10 games he's put up eight points uh i think there's a goal included in there and he was really fun to watch last year and he's gotten even better this year and uh, i know since the age is out the uh the Eagles will be very disappointed to see him go as will i um but uh you know very excited to see where he goes in the future all right, so now moving on to the people that the goalies detest the most. Yes, we do. We, we're not we're not big fans of these guys unless, unless they're, they're on our team. team. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the honorable mention this month is going to be the Framingham State commit Scott Bugarin off the Pueblo Bowls. He's an 0-2 out of Moreno Valley, California. I don't know what else you can say about him. Uh, he really he, he had a really great end to the end of the month, scoring four goals in the game to secure the overall third seed for the Bulls in the Mountain Division. He's just such a smart player, and Framingham State's just getting a. I mean, he's going to be he's going to make an excellent addition to the Rams roster. Uh, they're getting a super skilled player here. He's a leader. He's the captain of the Bulls. I don't know what else to say about the boogeyman, but uh, or I think they call him Scooty or. Scoot, sorry, Scoot. Uh, but, you know, it, it's going to be. Um, I like a boogeyman. Truthfully, uh, I'm a Sabres fan, so we had the boogeyman at one point. And I tell you, it, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be sad to see him uh, move on to college. But uh, you know, congratulations with the commitment, and uh, excited to see him move on. All right. So, who are our numbers ten through six? Ten through six. At number ten, it's going to be off the Northern Colorado Eagles, the Bulls nemesis here. Uh, it's going to be the 0-2 out of I'm not pronouncing it Quebec. 
uh, Alexander Bedard. Uh, he's a solid forward. He's been with the Eagles the past two seasons. He's a really smart hockey player with wheels. And in 10 games played this month, he's put up uh, 13 points, including six goals. And number nine, it's going to be Lucas Olette. With the Utah Outliers, he's no three out of Calgary, Alberta. He's aggressive on the puck, but not the player. He puts up points. He keeps himself out of the box. I think he makes really smart plays. And not the plays that excite fans so much, but the plays that really excite scouts and coaches. In eight games, he's had four points, a couple goals. But uh, I'd be stunned not to see him on the Outliers next year uh, when they move up to NCDC. Because if he's not with them, I think somebody should be picking him up because... uh, I think he's an amazing role forward, and I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really exciting to watch him uh, this season. At number eight, it's going to be Kyle Flynn with the Provo Predators. He's an 0-3 out of East Wenatchee, Washington. Uh, he's a playmaker with excellent stick handling and hockey IQ. Uh, in 10 games played, he's put up nine points and a couple goals. But again, just like Goulet, he's he's a playmaker. Really smart with the puck, really exciting to watch. And uh, again, would be stunned maybe not to see him with Provo next year. At number seven, it's going to be Christopher Moraldo off the Fresno Monsters. He's an 0-2 out of Montreal, Quebec. Um, obviously, he's offensively gifted if you follow the USPHL at all, uh, as he's one of the top point producers in the USPHL. But he's also patient with the puck. He takes his time. He looks around. There's a reason he scores goals and he sets goals up is because he's just it's, – it's like he slows down time. And makes things happen. In eight games, he's had 13 goals, including two hat tricks and 26 points. Uh, dude, that's just February. Just February. I mean, he's just such a smart hockey player. And again, offensively gifted. And at number six is going to be Carter DeMello off the Ontario Junior Rainy. He's an 04 out of Port Moody, British Columbia. He's offensively gifted. Uh, he's got a nose for the puck. Again, in, in 12 games played, 26 points himself, 12 goals, a hat trick. He's really, really come on hot as the season's gone along. So uh, I know if you're if you're the opposing team, you got to shut him down if you don't want uh, him and his uh, junior reign to move on. Okay, and who is coming in at number five? At number five, we're looking at Jacob Williams off the Ogden Mustangs. He's an 0-3 out of Waterford Township, Michigan. I tell you, he's just gotten better all year. I think he had a Hattie this month. I've seen him. I can I can see him next year with the Ogden Mustangs uh, in the NCDC. I would be stunned if he isn't tendered that at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, in 10 games, he's had a hat trick, 13 points, including four goals. He's just a fun player to watch. He's dynamic, and uh, it's been exciting. Okay, and who's coming in at number four? At number four, we're going right back to Fresno. And we're talking about Noah Person out of uh, the 0-3 out of Seleftia, Sweden. Again, again, one of these gifted forwards. He just has his head on a swivel. He, he's he got some dirty mitts. Uh, I tell you what, it's got some of the dirtiest mitts in the USPHL. In eight games, he's had 16 goals, two Hatties, 35 points. Um if he's not in the NCDC next year, he'll be up in an all or the or the USHL. He's just just an incredible, incredible player. And tell us who's coming in at number three there, Chris. Oh, at number three, it's going to be Robin Benoit. He's uh, off the Bakersfield Roughnecks. He's an 07 out of, again, Quebec. I'm not going to try to pronounce his Quebec names anymore. Uh, but uh, he's an up-and-comer, really smart hockey player with offensive flair. And he's only getting better month by month. I mean, this month... 
nine games played, 11 points, including five goals, but he makes those critical goals. I think this weekend he had a overtime winner on Saturday that I just watched. I haven't watched Sunday's games yet, so sorry anyone who's wondering why I'm not talking about how awesome they were on Sunday. I haven't gotten there. Um, by the time you listen to this podcast, I'll watch Sunday's games, but not there yet. But um, yeah, just a incredible goal scorer and uh if he's doing this already as an 07 whew, uh, i'm drafting him okay and who do we got coming in at number two and number two it's going to be another quebecer emmanuel nakambu off the provo predators he's an 04 out of boucherville quebec he's big he's rough and gritty and he's got silky mitts man he's got a couple really pretty goals this month that'll be uh featured uh probably on our goals in the month he's got Almost what I would call an Finneganov style goal. Um, and if you know a Finneganov's goal I'm talking about, that's the goal I think I saw him score earlier this month. So one of the most sickest goals I've seen scored ever in the USPHL. Uh, incredible goal and uh, just an incredible player. Okay, and who is our number one? Number one is going to be off the Seattle Totems. The 04 out of Waterloo, Ontario is Rain Hodge. Silky mitts, high hockey IQ. He's smart with the puck. His head's on a swivel. And he can put the damn puck in the net. I mean, uh, he scored. I think he's the only one I've seen successfully score a Michigan goal so far this year. If you scored a Michigan goal in the USPHL West and I've missed it somehow, let me know. But he's the only one I've seen do it so far this year. And it's not just that. Like, the other goals he scores are, are just incredible as well. He's just, I tell you, he's only played 26 games so far this year. Just this year. He's only played 26 games with the Totems this year. He's put up 43 goals and 65 points in 26 total games. That's disgusting. If he's not on a at least a minimum of a Tier 2, if not Tier 1 program next year, I'm stunned. But he's tier two material easy easy next year very very cool man well hopefully he can get picked up right move on up yeah hell yeah you know bright future ahead of him it sounds like so now over to our favorite part of the podcast because we are biased 100 percent biased we do not deny this so who is our honorable mention for the tendies well, our honorable mention for the tendies is going to be quickly interrupted by the fact that, remember, if you're a junior goalie out there and you want an amazing and affordable mask design, order your dream design for a goalie mask at maskwraps.ca. Great price, custom design, and a fast turnaround. And it's also completely removable because it's junior hockey. Who knows where you're going to be next year. Um, but order yours today at maskwraps.ca and get 15% off your mask design with discount code PIGEON2023. That leads us in to the honorable mention. And the honorable mention is off the Bellingham Blazers, the 05 out of Surrey, British Columbia, Kai Rivas. He's just had an incredible, incredible month again. Uh, he's only played a few games, uh, which is why he gets the honorable mention. Uh, a little bit more games, he would have probably got a little bit more, um, a little bit higher up on the list because he's an incredible goalie. But he's gotten three games this month. And Steve, you have videos in your inbox. One video per goalie that describes this sort of month they've had. And uh, yeah, that's a, uh, and there's actually two goalies where I didn't send you February clips. I sent you January clips. And I think, I think Kai might've been one of them. Yeah. Kai is definitely one but, of them uh, from January 28th. We're going into this. The game boom. is tied at three and there, whew, there's a power play going on here, people. So I'm already excited. It's a three, three tie with six thirty one left in the game. No pressure on you, Kai. Let's see how you do. 
Okay, cycling around the box. Oh, nice push. Nice push and right up and out. Read that play exceptionally well. Hard push from post to post. Beautiful save, Kai. Beautiful save. Again, I love this. You know, it's a nice hard push. He made it look easy. There was no desperation there. Well done, Kai. Well done. All right. Then at number 10 is going to be Roman Vonderheide off the Seattle Totems. He's an 0-4 out of Sweden. And you have a video to see what Vonderheide can do in your inbox. All right. So we're in the second period. It is a 2-6 score. 8.46 left to go here. If anybody wants to take a look at this clip later. And we've got a puck fired on in. Ooh, okay. So it was hard to see, but that's a hell of a lot of net crashing. <laughs> Denny's back right on up. Puck kept in his zone. There's the rebound. Oh, nice recovery. <laughs> Jeez, man. Hold on. i got to go back and look at this again. There was a hell of a lot to digest in this clip right here. That was a scramble. Yeah. Was a scramble so, yeah, there's the pucks going from, you know, right to left. You can see him hard push on over. The guy that's looking for the backdoor play, he gets on over. Rebound pops out. There's a scramble. He's down. He's recovering back to get up again. Pucks back at the point. And doesn't look like that other shot went through, but way to concentrate on that puck. Way to concentrate because there was a lot going on there. And that, that, you know, one bad bounce and that's behind him. So good job on that one, Roman. Yeah, and that was the, the 17th February uh, kind of scramble for anyone that wants to look back at the Instagram post and find 17th February. Um, that one was featured on that highlight reel. And that'll take us now into the ninth goal, I guess. Ranked ninth, whatever. It's going to be nine. It's going to be you, Connor Duminell. Uh He's the uh, 04 out of Arizona uh, from the Bakersfield Roughnecks. He's, I think he's been featured on this thing, if not every month, at least clear, close to every month. Uh, so expect him on the annual awards show we'll, we'll put out here hopefully in a week or two. You have a video in your inbox. And I think he's the other goalie that I had a January video. Yep, yeah, he definitely is. It's a 2-1 game. First period, 2.23 left to go. Uh, the ice looks slanted in this clip, so let me turn it a bit. <laughs> so hit and Welcome play to here. Bakersfield. <laughs> you know, this one's a pretty quick clip. Hold on a second here. It's it's hard to see, but again, there's another there's a lot of action out in front on him right now. The puck's coming from behind the net, being thrown out front. Oh, that's a quick save. Quick push out to come straight out to the attacker and gave him nothing. Good hard push, good read on the play, Connor. Yeah, great, great save, and uh, he's been impressive all year. Um, at number eight, it's going to be Owen Yancey, the 0-2 out of Gilbertsville, Pennsylvania, on the Ogden Mustangs, and you have a clip in your inbox, and the date of the game is 3 February. And it's a 4-4 game, 10:51 left to go in, and already I see three players coming in to attack. So here we go. Nice little dish feed on over. <laughs> Number one, I like the dish. That was a nice pass, by the way. Um, don't know the name of the player that threw that on over. Beautiful pass to feed your player on through, but Tendy reads it well. Guy tries to hold the puck for a second, and I'm assuming trying to go five hole. It was hard to see, but man, nice save. Covers up the rebound. Well done. Yeah, that's a typical uh, Utah outlier uh passing play there but uh yeah he read it he read it extremely extremely well as he always does we're moving to number seven and this is going to be off to san diego sabers herman rendon out of norway his video is in your inbox and it is a game from valentine's day ah you were somebody sweetheart buddy so 
<laughs> Score is one to five right now. Third period, five one on the clock, and woo, we got players rushing in. Here we go. So right open on the breakaway. Ah, you gave him nothing, and you picked up the rebound. Oh, oh, nice save. Nice pair of saves. So watching this again, it's coming down from the left to the right, gave him nothing, and then over. What a nice save. Nicely done. Nicely done. Quite a beautiful save there. Now we're going to move into number six. We're going to actually stay in San Diego, which is a first on this podcast where we have two goalies from the same team, but it won't be the last time on this podcast that happens. So we're going to stay with San Diego, and he's going to be the 04 out of Hamburg, New York. So he's a local hometown kid for me, being from uh, just outside Buffalo. And it's going to be Blake Micucci, and you have a video of his in your inbox. It's one to zip with 51 seconds left to go. So here we go. Quick feed in front. Oh, there's another big scramble. Oh, you see, everybody's like they're celebrating like they thought something went in. It's kind of hilarious. Nope, denied. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody was cheering on the bench like you should because your tendy made a beautiful save and made it look easy with under a minute left to go. Because we know those goals within the last minute or first minute of games or periods are heartbreakers, right? So... Well done there. Yeah, I, I falsely interpreted. I just saw a bunch of sticks going on because I was focused on the goalie going, hey, I, maybe they thought I scored, but that was their team rightfully celebrating their goalie. Well done. Yeah, so it's an incredible save there by Blake, and that takes us now into number five, and that's going to be off the Provo Predators, the 0-3 out of Littleton, Colorado, Bryson Stern. And this is actually, and I think Blake's save, everyone, was 11 February. Uh, Bryson's save is 18 February. All right, and we're in the third period here. It's 1-3, to 19.47 left to go on the clock, and I can already see there's a breakout transition happening here. So we're coming, we got a breakaway, and he's coming on in. <laughs> Denied, and on the rebound, too. Nice, again, making it look easy. You know, he's seen it coming. He's got no choice but to go from left to right, you know, but what I really like, though, is he made the save easy, but he kicks out that left pad on the rebound save. Beautiful, beautiful way to way to follow that puck. Yeah, it was it was a gorgeous save. He made a couple beautiful saves that game. But moving on, it's going to be number four, Evan Stringer off the Northern Colorado Eagles, the only goalie left on the team. <laughs> He's the 05 out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And uh, the save that you'll be seeing is from 9 February. And it's 1229 left in the, the second period. It's three to one. And puck is on the boards, and here we go. Quick pass out to the slot. Scramble. <laughs> Yawning cage and denied. <laughs> Makes the first <laughs> save. And that That's the desperation go on over, but you got it. And that's what makes desperation beautiful sometimes when you're a goalie. Well done. Nice recovery save on that rebound. That it was. And uh, here at number three, just, just go for it, Steve. Uh, it's the little you, green you have bag. a song in your head? Yeah, there it is. The dance going. <laughs> uh, from the Vernal Oilers, 0-2 out of Fremont, California, Antonio Tarantino. And you have a save from him, in, I think it was 4 February. Yeah, and it's a buck 23 left to go in the third. It's a 4-3 game. Puck is behind the net right now. And there's a feed out in front. Ooh, now we've got a scramble going on. Puck is still free. Man, he's got that net covered, just covered. They were not getting anything down low on him here. Like it, the puck comes out really quick, quick, quick reaction save down low. The puck ends up spitting out to the left, and it's just an easy push tracking the puck. 
and nothing. He's giving them nothing there. Well done. Well done. Yeah, incredible plays from him this month. And uh, again, for the second exception ever that we've seen here, we're going to have another goalie from a team we've already mentioned. This is going to be the 0-2 out of Montreal, Quebec, from the Northern Colorado Eagles. And now the Royal Canadian Air Force commit, Ulrich Roussel. I think the save you have from him is what date? 18 Feb? 19 Feb. Um, 19 of February. Okay, and it's a 6-3 to three score at the time. It's uh, I think this is actually his last junior hockey game, too, so even okay. more so. All right, so the puck's going into the end here. Player picks up the puck, quick feed out front. Oh, there it is. Okay, sorry, I couldn't even talk here. So we got the puck sort of ping-ponging around a bit. We've got a nice right-to-left push. He's tracking the puck really well here. So a lot of movement on the puck here. He comes on over, he covers that, and then a nice save on the rebound. So he covers that left post really quick and then an explosive push from the left to the right to get the rebound. So there was a yawning cage and denied. Denied. An absolute thing of beauty. And speaking of an absolute thing of beauty, our goalie of the month is none other than off the Utah Outliers, the 03 out of Butler, Pennsylvania, Nathan Dickey, and you want to see one of the prettiest saves you'll see this year? Click on that link, and it is from this weekend, 25 February. All right, and it's 1-3 to three right now, 10.57 left to go in the third period. And I do believe here a defender's blown a wheel. I <laughs> got juked out of his jockstrap because I can't see before that, but we've got a guy that looks like he's going to go in a clear breakaway here. I'm just predicting. So here we go. Guy's coming on in. No, he passes on over. <laughs> Did he give him the stinky mitt? Oh, it's a soccer <laughs> save. Look at that. I, that's just a beauty. He comes on over. Yeah, yeah, that person that's cheering in the audience. Yeah, cheer him more on that save. I gotta slow this down because sometimes it's hard to see. So I, I had to rewind I, this one a couple times to see how he did it. I yeah, did. so 88's coming in. Like I could have swore earlier he was gonna come in to shoot, but he's looking past right away. He's looking past. Okay, so you, you could tell he's gonna pass that puck, but here I'm trying to slow it on down. It's on over, and I don't know how he makes that save. <laughs> he does <laughs> nice push across, and there's no rebound. Beautiful, beautiful save. <laughs> I got, yeah, you know, was, when you watch the clip early on, you're like, yeah, that guy's just going to spring and turn on the Jets and push harder than that. But then he showed early that he was going to pass, right? So got to yeah. stay true to the shooter, though. Um, wow, that was that was a really cool save. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. And um, and that's where we'll wrap up this episode. So those are our, uh, our 10 positional standout players of the month. And, uh, you know, listeners, be sure to listen out for the wrap-up episode, hopefully coming out this weekend, that'll talk about everything that happened with the NHL trade deadline. I'm not sure who we're going to have on as a guest. We're, it should be a junior hockey player. Um, we'll see, because it is playoff time. So we'll, we'll see who the guest may or may not be. But we're going to be uh, covering everything that happens up through the trade deadline. And uh, definitely be sure to look out for that episode. But we want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're new junior collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. Also follow us on TikTok at Pigeon Hockey Podcast, on Twitter at PHH Official, or on Instagram at PHH Podcast to let us know what you think. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.